0: Talk tonight about the work of the Spirit. The work or the activity of the Holy Spirit. How many of you can say the Holy Spirit's sure active in my life? He's speaking to me, leading me. Amen. Isn't He good? All right. Let's read this together. Ready? Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. Look at your neighbor and say, that be you. We've got all kinds of people here. Now, the variety of what the Holy Spirit gives is wonderful. Let's read them together. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, I want you to look at those for a moment, and I want you to think about what might have been given to you. I know what mine is. Mine's proclamation. I've always told you that. I'm a single-talent guy. I'm not a multi-talented person, but God called me to proclaim. Where are you in here? Simple trust, clear understanding, wise counsel, discerning, distinguishing of spirits. Where are you? Now, catch the gist here. Let's finish reading it. This is the end. All these gifts have a common origin that are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. Now look at what it's about to say and read it slowly. He decides who gets what and when. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. He decides what your gift, what you're enabling is going to be and when so he's not just a fog or a mist or a force but notice the holy ghost has a will he gives to each person as he wills when he wills it father we thank you for your word tonight bless our hearts with it build us up in the faith and help us to understand the moving of your mighty spirit in jesus name amen well can you say with me it's going to be good now this is all so powerful. We could really just park right on that verse. Uh, it, it's so powerful. I, I, this is not a, a, a message tonight on the gifts, but we just went over the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that have made, been made so famous by what we would call the charismatic movement. But um, they were around long before the charismatic movement. But we're not going to talk about the nine gifts per se. What I want you to see is the moving of the Holy Spirit of God and how he distributes gifts to every member of the body of Christ when he wants and how he wants. So that whatever gift you you have operating in your life, the Holy Spirit said, I believe I'll give this to that one. I believe I'll bless this person with this gift. He He is God the Spirit. He's not lesser than. He doesn't have less value than. God the Son or God the Father. It is three in one. They are the same God with three functions. All right? So here's the Holy Spirit. He is the distributor of the gifts given out to the body of Christ. Powerful stuff. That's why we welcome His presence. Amen? Because we we need the Spirit of God moving more than any single thing. That's what the church in America needs today we need the moving of the Spirit of God well the more you know about him the more you understand him the more likely you're going to see him moving among you okay so we should never assume that the works of God's Spirit are all the same with no variety even human beings are not confined to one sort of work but enjoy the freedom of creativity much more so is it with the Holy Spirit he's a spirit of variety. Arthur Pink observed, quote, some of the Spirit's works he executes by the touch of his finger, so to speak. In others, he puts forth his hand, while in yet others, as on the day of Pentecost, he lays bare his arm. I mean, he moves with a capital M. The Spirit of God can speak in a whisper. He can speak in a shout. He can move upon you gently. He can knock you to the floor he can do whatever he wants. Amen? He's a powerful spirit. So let's learn about him. For instance, the spirit may choose to come upon and even use men who are not saved. Did you know that? Did you know that? Look at this, what Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Well, how could that be? How could that be? I can't explain why or how that can be, but I can tell you it is. Have you ever, have you ever wondered how in the world can God use that person when you knew about their life, their personal life? How in the world can God move among them? here's what i want you to see tonight the spirit of god if he so chooses can touch somebody who's lost if you've ever been in a healing crusade i I remember once going to a Catherine kuhlman when she was alive she had the greatest healing ministry of our generation there's no question about it and that woman knew the holy spirit i mean she knew the holy spirit and i had never been around anything like Catherine kuhlman ever and she was in fort worth and i was living in dallas and i'll never forget it i'd never even been to fort worth first time i came to fort worth was to see katherine kuhlman in like 1974 she was at um the main auditorium the what is it called the downtown anyway huge crowd and she came out looked like she was floating on air and i got on the third row back i'd never seen anybody slain in the spirit I mean, I'm gonna tell you something. I wondered where I had ended up this night, because this was really something. But here's the deal right down the road from me, there was a woman in a stretcher who looked like a skeleton, emaciated. You knew she was leaving this world. She had on a hospital wristband, her husband and her son were standing next to her, and she was on a stretcher. She'd been brought in from the hospital. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know that she was eaten up with cancer. I knew that just looking at her. And Catherine Kuhlman, you know, she was very dramatic. Very, very, very dramatic. And and, um, she would say, the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm... (laughs) You know, she'd, she'd preach for a little bit. And then she would say... Not a word. The Holy Spirit is moving. Well, I'm looking this way and this way, and this woman up kind of way above me started screaming. She said, Stop it. Not a sound. Not a sound. Well, I was afraid to breathe, but what she was going to rebuke me. (laughs) But then she started calling out the healings, and she said, Right over here, somebody's being healed of cancer stand up and this woman who was just lying there looking up at the ceiling sat up I about fainted she got off the stretcher she started screaming she started crying she rushed to the stage a skeleton walking her husband and her son were just holding on to each other Bawling like babies, Miss Coleman said, "What is this? What is this? What is this?" The woman said, through tears and and really about half shrieking. I didn't feel that I could move, and suddenly, when you said somebody was being healed of cancer, I felt energy, and I felt the ability to sit up, and then I felt the ability to 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 run up and so my my husband and my son helped me out of the stretcher and i came down and here i am and miss coolman always curious about what god was doing as surprised as anybody said is that right well get your husband and son up here well here comes the husband and son (laughs) you know and she goes, she was gone folks there was no acting here you could tell by her emaciated form she went up to the husband is that right is that right he said no well what do you mean no i never touched her Well, then the son, no, I never touched her. She goes, yes, you did. You helped me out of the stretcher. Mother, we never touched you. Well, by now, you know, I'm just, I'm balling like a baby. I can't believe this. And the fact of the matter was, you could tell that the Holy Ghost had just indiscriminately moved according to his will and just touched people and this woman was no saint the husband and the son were not saints she just the holy spirit just moved on them Jesus said the holy spirit is like the wind you don't know where he's coming from or where he's going so is everyone who is born again of the spirit of God you're sitting there one minute lost and the holy spirit comes and convicts your heart of sin and as we're going to see in a minute, he draws you to Jesus, and you're saved. And you look back in your life, and you go, "How did this happen to me?" I'm telling you, folks, it was the moving of the Holy Spirit. So that day, I learned a very important lesson: the power of the Holy Spirit. The power. Miss Coleman used to say, "Don't look at me; it has nothing to do with me." It was the moving of the Spirit of God. I only know how to call out what he tells me he's doing now he can come upon people who are lost and look at these people they're using his name and they're not even saved because the Lord anoints his name the Holy Spirit has been robbed of much of his distinctive glory through Christians failing to perceive his varied workings so let's explore a few of the things that the Holy Spirit does that I think most Christians are simply not aware of one he's a restrainer of evil the Holy Spirit is a restrainer of evil few people today realize how much we owe to the Holy Spirit for placing a leash on satanic activity and on the children of the devil if God by his spirit did not restrain evil all goodness, morality, and sanity would be banished from the earth. Wickedness would, for a fact, entirely engulf our world. As wicked as the world now is, it would be a thousand times worse if not for the restraining hand of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, folks. That Spirit of God is restraining evil right now. You say, well, how could that be? Look at the terrorism. Look at do you know that, he's got a, that He puts a cap on what they can do and not do? he's a restraining influence jesus said you are the salt of the earth well what does salt do salt preserves meat from decay you're the light of the world what does light do it dispels darkness well if we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world how can that be well here's how it can be we have within us the holy spirit and he is a restrainer of evil Go back in church history anytime you want to and look and find cities and towns and villages where, where there was a strong local church and a very strong presence of the Holy Spirit. There are revivals that I can take you to in American history and English uh, history where they shut down the bars, the police had nothing to do, there was no crime because the Spirit of God moved so strongly that it totally for a season shut evil down. Why do we want revival? Not so that we can joy pop on Jesus. Not so we can have Holy Ghost mumps. That's not why we want revival. We want revival because revival, when it comes, it washes away evil. It restrains. It cancels satanic assignments. This is why it's so important to be filled with the Holy Ghost because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you are not aware. I think one of the great shocks in heaven is going to be when we realize how many things God protected us from, when angels were sent, but particularly right now, the Holy Ghost is restraining evil. The Bible even says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that when the Antichrist is in the world, that, that he will be restrained by the Holy Ghost until it is God's time for him to be revealed. And the Holy Ghost will release his restraint. so completely are the wicked shackled that jesus could say to Pilate, you could have no power against me except it were given you from above by his spirit god restrained the people from building the tower of babel by confusing their language they were restrained from doing what they were going to do in romans 1 this is really powerful those next three verses 24 through 28, we are told that following God's turning people over to their sin, when they insisted on walking in darkness, it says He turned them over. The people were plunged into total depravity. They never went into total depravity until the Holy Ghost ceased restraining them. Then down they went. The phrase, turn them over, means that his spirit utterly withdrew from them leaving them with no restraint. You know often we think about God's judgment being fire or earthquakes or something huge and shattering and shocking but I'm going to tell you the worst judgment of all. I'm going to tell you the worst judgment of all. The one that really spooks me the the most terrible form of judgment is when God says, "Okay, and lifts his hand and lets you go. Because there's only one way a human being is gonna go when God lifts his restraining hand down. You're not gonna go up. Because as we're about to see, anytime you and I go up, it's due to the moving and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's somber in here tonight. But I, I, I fear that kind of judgment way more than, you know, a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake or whatever. To me, that's the spookiest. When he lifts his hand and the restraint is gone and he turns someone over. He says, okay, go for it. I'm not even going to try to stop you anymore. And they go. And they go into total depravity, according to Romans 1. All right, the second thing, the Spirit of God incites us to good actions. Now I want you to get a hold of what I'm about to say here. All goodness, all goodness, kindness, love, morality, honesty, unselfishness, and honoring of authority comes from the influence of the Holy Spirit. So Pastor Jeff, don't we do anything good on our own? Are you ready? No well I do I've done some good things and I did some good things when I was lost anything good you did was reserve leftover a residue of what God originally put in you and it was probably inspired by the Holy Spirit you have got to understand the Bible teaches that we were totally depraved when we were disconnected from God and mankind received the sentence of death through sin totally depraved what does that mean paul said i know that in my flesh there dwells no good thing you know what no means in greek none none let me put it to you this way if the holy ghost were to lift his restraining influence off of our planet right now we would be in an unbelievable indescribable hell on earth within one week because all authority would be gone all restraint would be gone and mankind would be reduced to the mentality of an animal in my flesh there dwells no good thing a striking illustration of the holy spirit touching just really some good old boys is found in first samuel 10:26 when Saul had been anointed by Samuel, and Saul was realizing that he was going to be the, next, or the first king of Israel, it says, Saul also went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men, now read the next part with me, whose hearts God the Spirit had touched. Now, now that's the Old Testament. There's the, the Spirit of God moving in the Old Testament, and what did he do? These men, Saul was an unknown. He was not known. He wasn't famous he was one of them. And they would not normally have submitted to such a guy because he was just one of them. But see, God was setting Saul up to be the king. So he knew he needed followers. Every king needs a follower. So it says the Spirit of God touched their hearts. And that's the only reason they followed him because their hearts have been touched. Look at what the Message Bible says. Saul also went home to Gibeah, and with him some true and brave men whom God moved to join him. I got to tell you, folks, there's no leader without followers. And God's got to touch the leader and raise the leader up, and He's got to touch the followers to follow the leader. Or there isn't anything. And Look what the Spirit of God did here. He touched normal men. He moved on them. And men by nature are not submissive, and and they are inclined to rebellion, especially when faced with being ruled by an unknown person. But God touched the hearts of these normal men to submit to Saul. Now look at the activity of the Holy Spirit later on. Later on, the Spirit touched the heart of Saul to spare the life of David, Look at David would have been dead. He would have been dead if not for the restraining touch of the spirit of God on Saul. He would have killed David as quick as he could. But 1 Samuel 24:16, if you want to look it up, you can read about it. And in exactly the same way, the Holy Spirit gave the Hebrews, I like this one, gave the Hebrews favor in the eyes of the Egyptians who had hated them bitterly. But right when they're about to be delivered, God moves on the Egyptians by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they start taking off their earrings and their jewelry and showering it on the Hebrews. They had to have been saying to themselves, what are you doing? I don't know why I'm doing this. See, this is a great statement about favor, because what it tells you is God will cause people to bless you who otherwise can't stand you. Isn't that powerful? And they'll walk away going, I don't know why I did that. And some of their friends will say, why'd you do that? Did you go crazy? I don't know why I did that. (laughs) You know, when Kathy and I, you know, speaking about a building, when Kathy and I were in East Texas, we were leasing a place just like this. And we were told that it had sold. We had to find a place, I mean, fast. Well, in Quitman total population of 1300 there are no skyscrapers there are no buildings i mean we're talking about hugely limited we didn't know where we were going to go we had about 200 people and and god had blessed it but all of a sudden no building no place there isn't anywhere to look equipment you go through downtown equipment if that's what you want to call it there's the courthouse and a few you know privately owned stores and so on and, so on, and then you're through I mean, you, you fellowship with the pine trees in Quitman, and the deer and the antelope really do play there. And, huh? And there was no hotel rooms. So, so Kathy comes walking in one day. She says, Have you seen that building right downtown Quitman? That warehouse that's for sale? And I said, I've never seen any warehouse for sale. She said, You ought to go down there and look. There's a sign right out front, and it wasn't there yesterday. So I go down there, and here's this little sign handwritten, for sale. And it's a warehouse. It's a 10,000 square foot warehouse. So I went and found the owner. He was a a millionaire, but he was a good old boy. He called me Jefferson. (laughs) I'm serious. Jefferson. His name was Herman Puckett. And I said, Mr. Puckett, I see the sign for sale. Um, I'm interested he goes well Jefferson I'm gonna tell you something he said if you don't buy it I'm pulling the sign up and I said why he said I don't know I'm serious I said I don't know I said okay inside I was thinking favor and I said really well, how much do you want down? And we had exactly that much in the bank. Exactly, to the dollar. What he wanted down. All right? We got the building. You all see it now. It's gorgeous. It has been renovated. It is striking. It's a downtown Quitman church. And it's beautiful. Really? And um And so here's here's the deal. To the day we moved away, which was seven years later, he was telling his friends, I don't know why I sold that to Jefferson. I don't know why. He, he had his tractors in it. He said, I'm just going to go across the street and build another warehouse and put my tractors in that one. There was no reason except, say it with me, favor. So he'll, he caused the Egyptians to give them their jewelry. And they walked away going why would we do that i had herman puckett and i'm looking for another herman right about now <laughs> yeah all right the holy spirit convicts of sin the holy spirit convicts of sin without the touch of god's spirit on heart and soul we would never have the slightest loathing of sin never how many of you had a sin problem before you were saved? All right. But how many of you said to yourself, I gotta quit sin in this way? When you were lost? When you were lost, did you have a sin problem? No. Didn't matter. And it wasn't sin, it was right and wrong and whatever. And that got real muddied too. So there is no genuine, heartfelt loathing of sin apart from the influence of the holy spirit the conscience of fallen man was rendered inoperative by sin please understand that our conscience was like a like this here's adam before the fall when he bit that fruit the light went off and he's walking in darkness and then god declared the whole human race in darkness When you get saved, the Spirit of God comes back in and light comes with him. Uh, Look what God said. My spirit shall not always strive with man. My spirit. For he is flesh. Man being flesh is utterly opposed to righteousness. Not just not righteous, we're opposed to it. Our flesh would never seek God. Stephen put it this way in his homegoing sermon to the Pharisees. Look what he said to them. And you continue so bullheaded, calluses on your hearts, flaps on your ears, deliberately ignoring what, everybody, the Holy Spirit. You're just like your ancestors. There you go. That's what lost people have. Flaps on their ears, calluses on their hearts, and they're bullheaded. Anybody know anybody bullheaded? Don't look at your spouse. Look up at me. No, I'm just kidding. All right? So there you go. The Holy Spirit is the only way we're ever convicted of sin. Now, here's the fourth thing. The Holy Spirit illuminated our darkened minds. That's, this is so powerful. The Holy Spirit illuminated your darkened mind. Fallen man is not only devoid of spiritual light. Now catch this. He is darkness. Now I want you to notice the Word of God here. The Word of God does not just say that man is in darkness. What we're about to read is the Spirit of God speaking through Paul, telling you and me that until we're saved, we are darkness. Look at this, for you were once darkness, and that's the word skatos, that's the Greek word for darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you are light in the Lord. So catch this, church, this is why I love the Word of God, because the Word of God is, is so incredibly profound. It's telling us, before you were saved, you weren't just in darkness, you weren't just walking around in it, you were Darkness now you're not just walking around in the light you are light amen so it doesn't just place you in a location of darkness or light but it places you as darkness or as light powerful Uh, that greek word skatos is used to describe blindness in the bible both physically and spiritually let me give you a couple of examples because it's so powerful the Bible says that Christ came, read this with me, would you? To give light to them that sit in what? Darkness, scatos, blind. Jesus came, Jesus came to give light to them that sit in darkness. And then that other verse that we're so familiar with during Christmas time. Those that were in the valley of the shadow of darkness saw great light. Scatos. And in the shadow of death, he came to guide our feet into the way of peace. So when you preach the gospel, where's that gospel going? It's shining light into darkness, people who are darkness. Paul declared to, uh, I think it was Peter as a matter of fact, not Paul, to Elemas the sorcerer. Look what he said to him and now behold the hand of the lord is upon you and you shall be blind not seeing the sun for a season and immediately there fell on him a mist and a what darkness skatos and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand here he is i can't see a thing i'm totally blind lead me by the hand that same word skatos is used to describe you and me spiritually when you're lost you got to be led around by the you're you're blind totally blind so it is god who by his spirit first illuminated our minds to see the truth that is in jesus christ listen to what it says in corinthians for god who said let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of christ god shined into your heart that was just like this and as soon as he shined his word in it and you got saved the light came on and the life source began to flow through you and you who had been blind now can see isn't that powerful and then finally i want to look at this before we close the spirit draws people to christ i want us to all understand this does pastor jeff standing up here do i ever persuade them with words to come not not when they finally respond. No, I can share the gospel. But what draws them? Spirit of God. Look at this. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father by the Spirit who has sent me draws him. The word draw comes from a Greek word meaning to drag or to pull. The Bible says, for instance, that the disciples cast their net on the right side of the boat at Jesus' command and Quote, all of a sudden there were so many fish in it they weren't strong enough to pull, same word, to pull that net in. Now watch them, imagine them with me. They've got this net on the right side of the boat. It's so full they're straining to pull this thing in. So they're pulling. That's the idea of what the Spirit of God does when somebody gets saved. He's, you get it? You and I didn't wake up and finally come to a completion of some noble intellectual quest where we went out and found God. God found you. God found you. I'm serious. You may have been looking, you may have been reading, you may have been curious, but why were you looking and why were you curious? spirit of god was already working on you because please understand folks if if he didn't spiritually you're a corpse on a slab and dead people don't seek god in the same way the spirit of god pulls or drags us toward christ it is what we might call the divine tug so when i give an invitation on a sunday morning I, i like watching it happen people came to church just to visit before they know it they're down here and they got that look on their face like what am i doing down here see i watch the spirit of god pull them he draws them all right why must he do this and we're going to close with this why must the spirit of god draw us to christ let me tell you the truth about you and me because the bible says that all men hate god did you know that John fifteen, twenty-three and twenty-five. Re- believe the word and not what people tell you. By their actions they hate God, and they have minds that are at enmity against God, Romans eight seven. So that there is none that seeks after God, Romans three eleven, preferring to follow their own inclinations and pleasures rather than that which is good. Ecclesiastes eight eleven. And even when God's mercy is made known to them, and they are freely invited to respond to it, they, quote, all with one consent begin to make excuse. Luke 14, 18. Then it is clear that the invincible power and transforming work of the Spirit are indispensably required if the heart of a sinner is to be changed. He's got to be touched by the Spirit of God. Or as dead he will remain. In light of these truths, let us thank God for the merciful working of the Holy Spirit in our world and in the hearts of people. Amen? How many of you are thankful tonight for the working of the Spirit of God on your heart? (laughs) Praise God. And we need preaching like this, I'm telling you i'm so sick of this pablum this milk toast cotton candy christianity light out there if preachers especially the ones that are reaching the millions on tv would start standing in that pulpit and face that camera and say you're lost you're dead in your sins you need to be resurrected by the gospel and by the spirit of god you've got to repent our nation would start to feel the repercussions we were all dead and now we're alive let's stand together can we If you're glad that you've been raised from the spiritual dead, give the Lord a hand of praise, can you? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the incredible work of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that you will make this church and everyone in it a vessel for the Holy Spirit to use. Lord, move through us, help us to reach people. And, Lord, empower us to see people raised from the spiritual dead every week and all during the week. And we thank you, Lord, for that resurrecting power. We thank you that you mercifully knocked on the door of our heart. And when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, you convicted us of sin. And by your mercy, you drew us to Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that life, Lord we praise you for it and we're humbled in your presence for what you did for us in jesus name amen all right well out there i think we have food i know we do and we have some coffee to warm yourself up